pray and then start our Bible study. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we give you praise. We thank you, O God, for another time in your presence. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come and teach us in the name of Jesus. We pray that our understanding will be enlightened. And we ask for grace to be obedient to your word this evening. Father, we pray, committing every heart into your hands, O God, that um, our heart will be prepared to receive your word. We pray for our trans, O Holy Spirit, that you will take absolute control of my mind and my mouth. And you speak through me in Jesus' name. Amen. Right. Um, thank you, Pastor Stephen and Pastor Jessica, for the opportunity um, to share the word of God today in our midweek service. All right. Okay, so... Today we are um, discussing let the um, being transformed by the word. Being transformed by the word, and um, I'm I'm sharing my slide with you. I'm gonna put up a few slides here that we're going to walk through together. Um, and I pray that um, you'll be a blessing to you. Right. And again, being Bible studies, we will um, we will read a lot of scriptures, and so please bear with me. Now, the first scripture, our uncle scripture today is uh, the book of is from the book of James, um, chapter one. Sorry, I'm trying to get this. Okay, so James chapter 1, verse 23 to 25, the Bible says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this will be blessed in what he does. Amen. So this is an admonishment to believers. Um, I believe that all of us, um, first of all, in verse 21, it says that, we should lay aside filthiness. That means every form of immoral activity, every form of um, action that is not in conformity with what the Bible teaches. The Bible says we should lay aside all these things and the abundance of wickedness and receive with meekness. And so first of all, for us to even approach the word of God, the first thing we need is to be teachable. It means that whenever you read the word of God, whenever you hear the word of God being preached, don't have a preconceived mindset. Don't have a preconceived understanding. Um, that is what we call in audit an anchor bias. So an anchor bias in external audit or internal audit is when you, you look at the book of a person or a third party or your client and you already have 
a certain expectation set in your mind. And so you are not approaching it. You are not approaching the audit or whatever thing you are reviewing with an objective and an opened mind. And so sometimes when we read the Bible or sometimes when we hear the word of God being preached, we have what we call the anchor bias or what we, a bias of an interpretation or an understanding. And so no matter what the word of God is saying, we will turn it around to suit what we want it to say. That is not teacher. That, when you have that, that type of attitude towards the word of God, you, you, you are not a teachable person. And so the Bible says that receive with meekness the implanted word of God. First of all, it points out the fact that the word of God is planted in us, is implanted in us. The Bible says that we were born of the word. And so the word is the seed that gave birth to us. And the Bible says that when we have to, first of all, receive the word of God with meekness. And so when you hear the word of God being preached, or when you approach the the Bible and you are going to read the word of God, you have to approach the word of God with an attitude of somebody who wants to learn from the word. You are not only looking into the scriptures to confirm what you already know. You are not only listening to the preaching to confirm what you are thinking. But you are listening to the preaching and you are reading the scriptures to understand what it says and to apply it to your life. And so when we go, when we approach the word of God, first of all, we have to be teachable. We have to be willing to receive. We have to be willing to adjust we have to be willing to understand what the scripture is saying. So the Bible in verse 22 moves on to say that, but be doers of the word, not hearers only. And so the reason why we listen to the word of God is to practice, is to do it. We don't just listen to the word of God and clap our hands and say, oh, it is nice. or oh, it is interesting. Oh, it's powerful. Or shout and say, I receive. Amen. And do all those things without practicing the word. The Bible says if you don't practice the word, you don't get the benefit of what the word is saying. So I read a book and I had a story of a man who came to church every day. And when the pastor preached, after the pastor has finished preaching, this man will go. It was a very small church. So this man will go to the pastor and, and tell the pastor, today you have given it to them. Every time that after the pastor has finished preaching, the man will just go to the pastor and say, Pastor, you preach so powerfully. You have really given it to them. So one day this man came to church and um, it was raining. So nobody came. He was the only one who came to church. And so the pastor said to himself, he said in his heart, ah, today I have this man where I want him. The pastor preached very powerfully, gave it to the man, all the things that he's been wanting to say to the man. He put it in that sermon, preached powerfully to the man and was hoping that the man would change. And after the service, the man came back to the pastor and said, Pastor, it's very unfortunate that people didn't come to church today. You would have given it to them. <laughs> so as far as this man is concerned, everything the pastor is preaching, it's, it's not does not touch him. It's not, it doesn't concern him. It concerns the other people, the other listeners. But as for him, he's, the, the word is not, I mean, it's not something that he needs in his life. He only thinks that the, the other members are the ones who need the word. 
And so let's not listen to the word of God and always think that, oh, the word is for another person. Oh, the word is for somebody who is at home. I wish that person was here. But anytime we listen to the word of God, it's for us. You sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to look into the word of God and be critical of other people and say that, yes, this is where the, this other people get it wrong. But first of all, anytime you listen to the word of God, it's for you first before you even try to apply it to somebody else. Make sure that you apply it to yourself first. And so the Bible in this text tell, tells us that the word is like a mirror. <clears throat> and so I believe that each one of us has a mirror at home. And um, we use the mirror every morning or we use it. I mean, if you're a woman, you use the mirror every day. If you're a man, you use it once a while <laughs> or sometimes. So I believe that somehow, whatever the case is, we all use a mirror. And so what do we use the mirror for? We use the mirror to help us identify anything on us that needs to be changed, that needs to be adjusted, that needs to be removed. And so when you look into the mirror and you find a stain in your shirt, what you do is you either change the shirt or you clean off the stain. If you look into the mirror and you find out that there is something in your face that is not appropriate, you take it off or you adjust it or you can look in the mirror to polish and brighten your face. And so the mirror reveals to you something that is on you that needs to be adjusted, that needs to be removed, or that needs to be polished. And so when we look into the Word of God, the Word of God is that mirror that shows us who we are, and that shows us either a stain in our life, shows us something about our lifestyles that needs to be adjusted, something about we ourselves, something I mean, just like the analogy of a mirror, when you look into the mirror, the mirror, first of all, shows you yourself. And so the word of God is that mirror, is the perfect law of liberty. It is that mirror that reveals who we are to ourselves. And so whenever we read the word of God, the first thing is that let's apply it to ourselves and make the necessary adjustments. Amen. So the Bible says that if you are just a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word, you are deceiving yourself. And so Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, when you hear the word of God, the Bible expects that you become a doer of the word. And so if the word points out to you that lying is not right with your new standing with Christ, then what you do is that you adjust that lifestyle. If the Bible points out to you that sexual immorality is not something that you should practice as a new creation, as somebody who is in Christ Jesus, you don't get angry at the pastor. You don't get angry at what the Bible is saying, but you adjust your lifestyle to fit what the, um, the Bible is saying. And so you don't adjust what the word of God is saying to fit your lifestyle, but you rather adjust your lifestyle to fit what the word of God is saying. Amen. So the Bible says, when you observe your natural face in a mirror, and then you go away forgetting who you are, you are like a person who listens to the word of God. A person who listens to the word of God and does not practice. It's like a person who looks into the mirror and forgets how he looks like. As soon as he leaves, the, he, he moves away from the mirror. And the Bible, obviously such a person, I don't know how to describe such a person, but one time I was preaching to, a certain group of people and I, I asked them 
This is not from me. This is from that group. I asked them that what do they think about such a man? And they said that a man like that is not smart. And so I think I agree with them. But that was the answer the group the, that group gave to me. And so when we look into the mirror, I'm not sure we have to forget how we look like. But when we look into the mirror, and even at this point, when you're not looking into the mirror, I'm sure there are certain features in your face you can still remember. When somebody, you are describing yourself over the phone to somebody who is meeting you the first time, I'm very, very sure that there are certain features in your face or who, I mean, certain features about you that you can describe to the person. And so the Bible says that when we look into the word of God, we shouldn't just be hearers, forgetful hearers, but we should be doers of the work. And so in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, when we listen to the word of God, the word of God only becomes beneficial to us when we practice what the word of God is saying. And so that is what we are discussing today, that we allow our lives to be transformed by the word. When we listen to the word of God, when there are certain adjustments that we need to make in our lives, we make those adjustments. When the word of God says something about our current state that we need to change, we should be willing to change. And this is only made possible when, first of all, we are teachable. We receive the word of God with meekness and then we become hearers, uh, we become doers, I'm sorry, not just forgetful hearers, but we become doers. So the word of God reflects first of all, shows us first of all who we are. And say so anytime we, we approach the word of God, we should seek to make an adjustment to our own life first. We shouldn't just read the word of God and um, think in our mind that the word of God is talking about other people and it's not talking about us. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, the Bible says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And when you move to chapter 2 of the same book of 1 Peter, the Bible says, As newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And so the Bible tells us that we have been given birth to by the word. Now, the Bible says that we have not been born of corruptible seed. Now, when a man, when the seed, it, it, it's the seed of a man that creates the baby in the womb, not the seed of a woman. The seed of a man, which is the sperms, creates the baby in the womb. And here in verse 23 of 1 Peter, the Bible says that when you become born again, you are not born of the corruptible seed of a man. The seed of a man is limited. It is corruptible. It is perishable. But rather we have been born of the word of God. And this is what Jesus was telling Nicodemus in John chapter 3. That whatever is born of this flesh is flesh. And so whatever it is, whatever is born of the seed of a man is flesh. Whatever is, is generated or created through the physical seed is physical. But whatever it is, whatever, um, whatever um, that is created from the word or from the spirit is spiritual. And so we have been born of the word, which is spiritual. We have been born of the spirit 
and of water, which is, is, which is the word. That's what Jesus Christ was telling Nicodemus. And so here the Bible tells us that the seed that gave birth to us, see like how the seed of a man fertilized the egg and, be, and forms a baby, the seed that gave birth to us, the seed that produced us is the seed of the word of God. The Bible says this seed lives and abides forever. And every fruit, every seed will produce fruit after its kind, after its nature. And so if we are created by the word of God, as we are growing, we have to grow in conformity to the word of God. And so you are not growing well if as a believer you are growing and the more you grow in Christ, you are looking different from what the word of God prescribes or what the word of God says. If your lifestyle is moving further away from what the word of God says, then you are not growing well. But you are supposed to grow into the nature of the seed that created you. And so the Bible says that as newborn babies, when we come to Jesus Christ, when we become born again, we are newborn babies. And we can only grow when we desire the pure milk of the word. When we have a strong desire, when we have a strong passion, when we have a strong longing and hunger for the milk of the word, that is how we grow. The Bible has prescribed growth here. And so if you see that in your Christian life, you are not seeing so much growth. You are not seeing so much improvement. You are not see seeing so much change in your Christian life. Then you should check how you relate with the word of God. But the Bible, because the Bible has already said that if you desire the word, if you take in the word, you will grow. In Acts chapter 20, Paul told the, uh, uh, the church when he was leaving them that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst those who are being saved. And Paul again told Timothy that Timothy, from, from your childhood, you have known the word of God, which is able to make you wise. And so these are some of the things that the Bible says about the word of God, that it's able to build you up. Again, it is able to make you grow and mature in Christ. Again, it is able to make you wise. And so if you don't see the fruit of these things in your life, if you don't see this transformation that the Bible talks about in your life, then it means that the way you approach the word of God should change. Amen. And Jesus Christ um Shared a parable about the word. And I want us to, to look at um, the parable first. We'll come back to that. We'll, I want us to look at the parable first in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 to 9. He said, Then he spoke many things to them in a parable, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed. And as he sowed, some fell aside, some fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered. And some fell among thorns, 
and the thorns sprang up and choked them. And others fell on good ground and yielded crop a hundredfold, sixtyfold, and some thirty. He who has ear to ears to hear, let him hear. And so the Bible points out some of the things that um, stopped the word from bearing fruit. Some of the things that um, fought against the word. And one of the things we see here is that the birds came and devoured it. And uh, Jesus Christ explained this parable to his disciples in verse 18 to 23. So he said, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatch away what was sown in his heart. So that is the first point. That if you receive the word of God and you don't understand it. And that is why James tells us that it's important for us to be teachable and understand the word of God. And become doers of the word. So if you receive the word and you don't understand it, the Bible says the wicked one comes to take it away. And so whenever you hear the word of God and you know that the word that you are hearing, you don't understand it. Because if you don't understand something, there is no way you can practice it. You can only practice what you understand. Now, you don't understand it. You are not taking any steps to dig further. You are not asking questions. You are not doing further studies. You are not making any effort to try to understand it. The Bible says the devil will come and take it away. And so the devil, when we are in the church and we are listening to preaching, one of the main agents that, are, that is fighting us right there is the devil because he wants to snatch the word away. And so even listening to the word of God is spiritual warfare. That is why it's difficult for you to read the Bible. If you don't make reading the Bible a practice, it becomes very difficult to take the Bible and read. Because the enemy is against the word of God dwelling in your heart. You cannot be transformed if you don't understand the word of God. And so the first step you need to take when you hear the word of God, the first question you need to ask yourself is, do I understand what I'm hearing? And so there was a man who was reading his Bible, an Ethiopian Enoch, who was reading his Bible in the book of Acts. And Philip came to him and said, do you understand what you are reading? And the man said, no, I don't understand it. Unless somebody gives me an interpretation. So this man did not understand what he was reading, but he kept reading. And there are a lot of people today who read the Bible and they don't understand what they are reading. They listen to the word of God and they don't understand what is being preached. They don't ask questions. But Paul talk, uh, talks about the church of Berea. He says these people were fair-minded because after they had listened to the word of God, they went back and and did their own research to find out if what they are listening to or what they heard from the preachers was true. Be- Paul made this statement because there were other Jewish people who re- rejected the word and they stopped Paul from preaching. But the Jewish people in the church of Berea, when they, when they heard the word, they went back to research what Paul was saying and they found and, and they found out that what Paul was preaching was true. And so these people didn't resist Paul's ministry. Because after researching what Paul, Paul was sharing with them, they realized that their preaching was true. And that is what we have to do. When you hear the word of God, don't just be quick to um, reject it. If you hear something new that does not conform to what you already know or what you have already heard, don't just reject it. Note it down. Research it. 
pray that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. And so when, you're, when we are listening to the word of God, the first thing that happens is that the enemy wants to come and snatch away the word of God. That is why you must make an effort to understand everything you hear. If you don't understand, ask questions. And so the Bible says that when someone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the enemy, you see, the only time the enemy has the opportunity to come and take away what you have heard is when you don't understand it. Because when you don't understand what you have heard, very soon you are going to forget about it. You can just check your life. All the powerful revelations that you have heard being preached to you, the ones that you didn't understand, I'm sure you don't even remember them. You don't practice them either because the enemy has taken away those words from your heart. The Bible says, this is, this is he who receives the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony ground. And again, the wayside, it also talks about our attention, the attention we give to the word. I mean, if you're going to understand what is being preached, then you have to pay attention. That is why it is important to write notes when, when, when the word is being preached. You see, when you are writing notes, one of the things that happen is that you are listening carefully to, to, I mean, to record what is being said. And because you are listening to record, you pay attention. And so writing notes in church or writing notes when the preaching is going on is one of the ways or one of the things that helps you to, to maintain your attention. And so when you when you're not paying attention, you can be in church and be thinking about the soccer game. You can be in church and be thinking about football or basketball or the food or food you are going to eat after church or how you are going to, I mean, how how which route you are going to take, which buses that you are going to take or train that you are going to take to your house after church service. Even though you are sitting in the church service, you have started planning what you are going to do after the service. At that point, there is no way you're going to understand what you, what is being preached. And so one of the physical things you can do to make sure that you are paying attention in church is to write notes. And so, so that you don't become a person who is sitting by the wayside. Amen. And so we keep our attention when we come to church. And one of the things that will help you to do that is to... Um, right note. The Bible says again in verse 20, but he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Oh, there are people also who come to church and everything that a pastor is saying, they'll be jumping and screaming and shouting. They are just waiting for the pastor to probably say a, a very fine sentence or make a very nice statement and then they will jump and they will scream and shout. They will be shouting and screaming and receiving and jumping. When you ask them after the service, what, what did the pastor preach? They will just tell you that, oh, it was very powerful. Very, very powerful service. When you tell them, yeah, yeah, but what, what, was, what did he say? They say, oh, the service was very powerful. I, I was blessed. They will give you those spiritual King James English. But they did not understand the word. They just received the word and they were living in the moment and just jumping and screaming. The Bible says that such a person, the word does not take root in them, but endures only for a while. And that is why after preaching, Pastor Steve keeps saying that listen to the message over and over again. You have to listen over and over again. When you listen over and over again, the, the, the message 
gets and sinks in your heart. You can imagine your favorite song. The only reason why you can sing the song is not because you sat down to try to memorize the song. It's not because you, you were reading the words of the song, but you, all you did was to hear the song over and over and over again. And now you can sing the song. Remember a song that you learned 20 years ago or 23 years ago. In fact, there is a song that I learned 23 years ago. I still remember the song. Those songs I've stopped listening to, but I can still sing the song because I listen to the song over and over and over again. And so that now the words in the song, even though I've not heard those songs, even though I don't listen to those songs anymore, I still remember the words in the song and I can sing the song word for word because I have listened to the word over and over the song over and over again and now it's in my head and it's in my heart and that is how we have to practice the word of god if we the word of god will be able to transform our lives then we have to listen to the word over and over and over again we have to pay attention to the word we have to pay heed to what the word is saying so the bible says that a person who receives a word with joy but has no root in them for such a person, when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, immediately the person stumbles. And so if you don't listen to the word of God to understand it, if you don't listen to the word of God to make it settle in your heart and become part of your life, you will not be able to apply the word when you are faced with persecution and when you are faced with the issues of life. Now he who receives the seed among the tongues is one who hears the word and the cares of the world the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. So the people who also receive the word, after they have received the word like Lord's wife, they look at the things that they have to let go, the, the adjustment they have to make when the mirror of the word reflects who they are and their true, their true state. The adjustment they, need to, they, they have to make, and they say, no, we will not make this adjustment. This reminds me, of when we went out to um, invite people to church recently. I met a woman who says she's a psychic and she has some powers and she's able to tell when people are about to die, he can, she can see it from their face. And I asked her, do you know there's a higher power? She said, yes, I know. And that higher power is from God. She said, yes, I know, but I'm not ready to give up the one I have. So there are people who listen to the word of God. They know what the word of God is saying is true, but they are not ready to let go what they are holding on to. And so the word of God is not able to benefit them. So there are certain things in our lives. There are certain lifestyles, certain behavior, certain attitudes that to you right now, those things are bringing you some gain. I'm sure this woman, because of maybe the money she's getting from her psychic business, she's not ready to receive the truth. Even though she knows because she's in, into demonic powers, she knows there is a higher power. I told, I asked her, do you know there's negative and there's positive power? And what you have is negative and there's a positive one that comes from God. She says she knows, but she's not ready to let go what, what um, she has right now. So there are people like that who listen to the word of God and the word of God reveals to them something about their lives that needs to be changed, but they are not prepared to make that adjustment. But the Bible says that by he who receives the word, by he who received the seed on a good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, 
Psalm 60 and Psalm 30. And so when you hear the word of God and you pay attention to the word of God, you are going to produce fruit. If you allow the, first of all, you understand the word of God and you practice the word of God, you are going to be fruitful. You are going to be fruitful. And that is what the Bible expects us to do. Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 to um, 27. Jesus again talks about the person who listens to the word and practices the word. And this is also um, just to buttress the point that we made in, in, in James chapter 1. The Bible says, not everyone who says to me, Matthew chapter 7, 21 to 27, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will, say, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears the word, these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. And the rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew and beat on, on that house and it did not fall. For it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sun. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and, the, and beat on that house, and it fell. And that was a great fall. I mean, one thing that is worth noting is that the one who listens to the word and practices them Face the same situation that the one that listened to the word and does not practice to and did not practice it faced. The Bible says the flood came, the rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew and beat on that house. They all face the same situation. So in life, we are all going to face the same situation. But our reaction to those situations is dependent on whether we are practicing the word or we are not practicing the word. When you are practicing the word of God, you react, your reaction to a situation will bring the positive outcome. And so when you are confront, confronted by life situation and the difficulties of life, if you are a person who practices the word, you'll be able to come out of this successfully. You will come out victorious because whatever challenge that unbelievers face and those believers who are serious and those who are not serious face is the same. We are, all we are all facing the same economy. We are all facing the same crisis. We are all under the same um, um, political leadership. We are all under the same um, environment. I mean, all, whatever sinful environment. We are all living in that same situation. But 
the reason why our, our reaction to the situation and the outcome of our lives are not the same is because some are practicing the word and some are not practicing the word. Some don't understand the word. Some don't even know what to do in some situations. And so they become victims of those situations. But if we understand the word and we practice the word, then we don't become victims of situations. We'll come out successful. And so one thing you have to know is that whether you listen to the word and obey it or not, you are going you are going to face the same um, the same issues in life, and the outcome or the results or what is going to come out of those issues is dependent on whether you practice the word or whether you don't practice the word. That is why it is important that we practice the word. So the Bible says, not everyone who says. So it's not a matter of just saying that you are a believer. It's not a matter of just saying that you are a member of ICC. It's not a matter of just saying that you come to church and you have a Bible at home and you read your Bible. But the Bible says that you have to do what the Bible says. In verse 23, he says, and then I declare, I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness so your practice is more important than your sayings so they will come and say lord 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 but their practice is different and so what you practice is more important than what you are just saying so there are people who just be saying and confessing and confessing the word of god every day and they are not practicing the word of god at the end the bible tells us that jesus was more interested in your practice than your saying and so your sayings are not enough, but your practicing is what Jesus is looking at. And that's this again supports the point that we have to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. Or not even just sayers of the word. We can be saying there are people who quote scripture here and there, but when it comes to where they have to apply these things to their lives, they will be found wanting. And so what you say is not really enough but what you practice and before you can practice the word has to be in your heart it has to be part of your life and then you can practice and so jesus christ will be more interested in your practice and so if you have been, you have been a believer for some time you have to, it is important that you see growth you see changes you see adjustment you see things in your life that you, you are changing or things in your life that has changed as a result of listening to the word of God or as a result of hanging around the word of God and, and, and coming to church. There has to be transformation in your life. It is important that your life is transformed. Your life can only be transformed when you practice the things that you are hearing. And so when you listen to the word of God, you come to church and the Bible tells you uh, um, the word of God points something out to you. You have to practice that. And year after year, every year as you are growing in the Lord, there has to be significant changes, significant adjustments that you are making in your life. Because of the word of God that you have heard. And so there was this man in the Bible who was called uh, Demas. He, will, he, he I believe that he was one of the converts on, on Paul's missionary journeys. And he decided that, oh, he received the word of Paul with joy. And he was so excited about the preachings of Paul. And so he decided that he was going to um, travel with Paul on his missionary journey. And Paul was carrying this, this young man. Or whether, I, I don't know if it was a young man. But Paul was carrying this man along on his missionary journeys. 
And whenever Paul was writing the script, uh, um, the letters to the churches, he will mention this man. And, 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 and in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul says, Look, my the beloved physician and Demas greet you. So Demas at this point in AD 67, he was with Paul. And Paul missionary, one of the missionary journeys when Paul was writing. I mean, when Paul wrote the book of Colossians, Philippians, Philemon, uh, um, first and second Timothy, he was in prison. And so at this point, Paul was in prison because of the word. There is difficult. Paul has been in um Paul was at this time facing difficulty because of the word. He was facing um, some challenges. He was he had been in prison. He has been held bound because of the word. And so when he wrote the letter to the Colossians, he mentioned that this Demas guy, or this Demas man, was with 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 him at the point he was right. So at this point, this guy who was a convert of Paul and later became an associate of Paul, was with Paul on this journey. And, and assisting Paul in the ministry. And, and I, I believe they assisted with distributing the letters or assisting Paul's needs or whatever he needed as a minister. This Demas was there. And so when the book of Philemon was written, which is AD 60, I think seven years after that, I mean, in, in, in terms of the, the, the old calendar, he, Paul again mentioned this, this man in verse 23 of um, um, Philemon. It's not verse 24, it's verse 23. Philemon is just one chapter, so or Philemon is just one chapter. So um verse 23. It says, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ greet you. Also, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborer. So at this point, Paul is calling Demas my fellow laborer. But around 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 the same time when Paul wrote the second book of um, Timothy, this Demas, his status had changed. Verse 10 of 2 Timothy, Paul says, For Demas had forsaken me, having loved this present age, and is departed unto Thessalonica. So this Demas has changed his mind. Somebody who Paul called my fellow laborer, somebody who was Paul's associate and assistant Paul in ministry, now, Paul is saying this guy has forsaken him, having loved this present world. This guy had backslidden. Somebody who had grown to the point of being a fellow laborer with Paul. I mean, when we read Paul's letters, we can tell that Paul was a very good teacher. And so when somebody is in a church and they backslide, it's not because the pastor doesn't preach well. Because even in Paul's church... In fact, even in the church of Jesus Christ, Judas, who has been there and listening to all the sermons that Jesus preached, still the guy was able to betray Jesus. And so it's not because the pastor doesn't preach well. It's because you are not applying the word of God that you are hearing to your life. So this Demas guy had forsaken Paul. Paul says because he loved the present world. And so he left Paul backslided and went back into the world so he received the word of god with joy he i mean for some time he was serving with paul and paul was always mentioning his name when he was writing the letters as a fellow laborer a co-worker but along the line this guy the love of the world caught up with him and he went back into the world so paul says demons 
has forsaken me, having loved this present world. And he's depart, he has departed unto Thessalonica. And then we read further, the Bible says, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Delmetia. Only Luke is with me. And then here he mentions another interesting character, person. This is John Mark. He says, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. I mean, when I read this today, what I saw was, what I see here is that God can replace everyone. When you, are th- when you think that, oh, you are the only one God can use in a particular place, it is easy for God to replace you. So as Demas was going away, Paul was inviting Mark. Mark earlier on had left Paul also when they were on their missionary journey. But now Paul is saying, bring Mark for he is profitable. So as you are making bad decisions and you are rejecting the word of God, oh, this very hour, somebody is born again and has fresh zeal for God. As you think that you are too old and the word of you are too old in the kingdom. So the word of God is no more relevant to your life. There are others who are born again today and they are hungry for the word of God. And they, are, they have offered themselves to be used by, by God. And so don't ever think that in whatever thing God has given you to do, he cannot replace you. As Demas was going away, John Mark was coming. He had also received a change of mind when he, he backslided or he left Paul on the missionary journey in, in the book of Acts. But now we see that um, and, and Paul didn't even want to take Mark with him. But Mark was um, the son of Barnabas' sister. And so um, Barnabas wanted to take Mark with him. But then... Paul wanted to take Silas with him. So the Bible says that um, because of that, they had to go separate ways. But now Paul is saying that bring Mark because he's profitable. Some few years ago, Mark was not profitable. But Paul found out that Mark has also changed right now. And he was profitable to the ministry. But Demas, when Mark was making a positive change in his life, when he was being transformed by the word, Demas was also backsliding into the world. And so this is a person who started out very well, but did not allow the word of God to transform him to the end. And so we might be in church today. That is why it's important that we um, examine ourselves every now and then to see what improvement we have or what increase, we, what um, what things in our lives that we are increasing in so far as our Christian life is concerned or what things that we are changing from. Let's not become like Demas who loved the world and because of the love that he had for the world, he forsake Paul. He backslided back into the world. The Bible says, if anybody, if the love of the world is in anybody's heart, then the love of God is not in that person. And the Bible tells us that what all that is there is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. These things do not conform to the word, to the will and to the word of God. And so we are not supposed to love the world and the things of the world. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, 
The Bible says that when Jesus Christ ascended up on high, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some teachers, and some pastors. He says the reason why he gave this men to people, the reason why we have teachers, apostles, pastors, and prophets is for the equipping of the saints for the work of a ministry. And so one of the transformation that the word of God needs to have in our life is that we must yield to do some work in the vineyard of God. We must find something to do in our various churches. One of the outcome or one of the results of giving ourselves to the word is that we will begin to serve in the ministry. We'll find something to do in the ministry. And so we all have to get to the point where our hearts have been changed and our lives have been transformed, and we want to do something for God. No matter your age, there is a place for you. There is something that you can do to the glory of God. There is something that you can do in the house of God. There is something that you can do in the body of Christ. And so the Bible is saying that all these men, the prophet, the pastors, the, 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 uh, uh, um, the, the, the ministerial gift. The ministerial offices have been given for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Of, I'm sorry, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so the goal of the word, the goal of our work in the ministry is so that we will all come to a perfect place where we'll measure up to the stature of Christ, to the fullness of Christ. And we can only get to this place when we have understanding, when we get understanding, when we apply the word of God, then we will grow. And that's what the Bible says, that we should desire the word of God so that we will grow. It is important that we allow the word of God to work in our lives and we apply ourselves to the word so that we'll grow. And verse 14 makes a very important statement that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by trickery of men in cunning craftiness of disciple plotting. The Bible doesn't want us to remain children forever. Children are gullible. Children are vulnerable. Children can easily be victimized. Children, people can take advantage of children. See, one of the ways that you know that you are, you are a child is that everything that you hear, you, you believe. Every preaching, every teaching, every doctrine, you jump from one doctrine to another. It means you are a child. You, you've not grown yet. It's like a, a child. When you give a baby everything, they will put it inside their mouth. Whether it's food or it's not food, they will just put it inside their mouth. Everything you give them. And so one of the things that will make you know that you are not, you are not um, matured in, in, in the word is that you jump to every doctrine. That's what the Bible tells us. That you will not be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. When you are a child... When you, when you grow and you're matured, there is stability in your Christian life. You know the truth and the truth has set you free. And so you are walking in that freedom and in that liberty. And so one of the, if you are somebody who, who's tossed to and fro by every doctrine, then know that you need to work on your Christian life. Understand what the word of, what the word of God is saying and apply it to your life. So the Bible says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men, in cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow in all things in him 
who is the head. One of the evidence of Christian maturity is that you grow in love. If you are able to express love, you're able to love other people, it is a sign of Christian maturity. It's a sign of Christian growth. And so when you have hatred for people, when you are not able to love people, I remember somebody telling me that there was a, uh, he and this man was a minister. He was saying that there are a certain group of people that he cannot love. He cannot trust them. He cannot work with them. He cannot, he doesn't want to, this particular group of people, he, he, and he's unable to trust them. Apart from that, he can trust and love everybody. So in, in that instance, this, I mean, it's, it's a clear evidence of, of somebody who needs to adjust something in their life. Somebody who has to allow the word of God to, to change something in their life. So the Bible says, speaking the truth in love, you may grow in all things into him who is the head. Our ultimate objective is to grow into Christ, to become like Christ. And the Bible says in verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so the Bible tells us that we are all called to the work of the ministry. The, the reason why we have pastors, we have teachers, is for them to, first of all, we all, the pastor that you see today was at one point a born again, a, a, a new believer, a new convert. He came to church, listened to the word of God, applied himself to the word of God, allowed the word of God to work in him, allowed the word of God to change him. And now you see him as a pastor. You can Every pastor was at one point a new convert. But the way they approach the word, every matured believer you see today was at one point a new convert. But what set believers apart? In fact, there are other people who were born again the same year that the pastor was born again. But they are not, their spiritual growth is not where the pastor's spiritual growth is. Because the way all of us applied the word of God to our lives is different. And of course, the way, the calling of every man is different. I'm not saying that every born again believer is going to become a pastor. But if you are born again and you apply yourself to the word, you will mature in the word. You will grow and your growth will be evident. So in Timothy, in, uh, um, and Paul, Paul told Timothy that meditate on these things. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them and your profiting will be evident to all. Your progress will be evident to all. Your results will be evident to all. So when you give yourself to the word of God, it produces evidence in your life and the evidence is cannot be hidden the evidence will be seen by everyone and so let's um have a few more verses but let's just wrap up here with this last verse oh, we've read this already no Right, let me just jump to this one and then we'll wrap up here. So the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 that let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. 
And so how, the, how should the word of God dwell in your heart? The Bible says the word of God should dwell in your heart richly. It means that your heart should be full of the word of God. It should be in abundance. The word of God should be in your heart richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonition, and admonition one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And so we are supposed to allow the word of God to dwell in our heart. The word of God should live in our life and the word of God should bring change to our lives. We should not just be hearers of the word, but we should be doers of the word. The word of God must change us. We must allow the word of God to work in us and bring transformation in our lives. And so the Bible expects us again that we will grow that we will mature, that will move from one stage to another. So if you have been a believer for one month, for two, one year, for two years, for three years, you must move from one level to another. Even if you have been in the Lord for so long, you must see yourself increasing in the understanding of the word. And this depends on you and um, practicing what the word of God is saying and allowing the word of God to change you. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We thank you, Lord, for this moment in your presence. We ask in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God, that you grant us grace, that we will not be just hearers of your word, but will be doers as well. We pray that the word of God will have its place in our lives. The word of God will transform our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. May our lives be transformed as we approach the mirror of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you.